The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest crypts to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, from the inside of your casket to the fears lodged deep inside your subconscious, it's time for a big, scary show. Alex at Hauntpay, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is William Mahaffey with Knoxville Horror Film Fest, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Todd Patton with Connuga and Dread Hollow, and we're listening to The Big Scary Show. <laughs> Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt Henry from FrankenCon in Knoxville, Tennessee, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey out there, this is Bob Gunton or better known as Warden Norton from the Shawshank Redemption. Welcome to the Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Tracy at the Long Beach Zombie Fest. You're listening to the Big Scary Show. You're listening to the Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Hey everybody, welcome to Haunt Season 2022. We are so excited that it's finally here. We've been waiting 11 long months, and The Big Scary Show is celebrating with a very special episode 272. We're so happy that you're here to listen, and we've got a lot of stuff to bring you. As always, Storm will be ranting in a haunt minute, talking about McDonald's and possibly the return of a very special thing. Meat Hook Jim is going to bring you Between the Corpses, where he's talking about branding. Well, that's normally Storm's topic, isn't it? Oh, not that kind of branding. Hmm, wonder what it could be. Badger, of course, is going to bring you all the Deadline news, plus a few interviews left over from CreepyCon that we weren't able to get into the last show. The Old Crone returns, talking about how important it is to have a dress rehearsal at your haunt, We hope all you haunts out there are doing those, and if not, why not? We might just have a gruesome giveaway winner for the month of September. You're just going to have to stick around and find out what that could be. The Roundtable of Terror brings back Alex Linebrink from our fine sponsor, HauntPay, 
You know, we're at the start of the 2022 season, and he's bringing us a copy of his report of the state of the industry for 2022. He's spent the last few months gathering data from thousands of haunts around the country, and he's going to reveal that to us in this roundtable of terror. Will it benefit your haunt? Absolutely. You might want to take a listen, and of course, go to his website and download that 30-page report on the state of the industry 2022. We, of course, are also going to bring you some spooky tunes and a whole lot more here on episode 272. Haunt season is here, folks. Let's celebrate and continue to listen to the big scary show. Off we go. I want to tell you about two new pictures from Allied Artists. One is a new kind of horror film called Blood Rose. The other is a science fiction thriller called The Body Stealers. They are the most shocking, terrifying films I have ever seen. Blood Rose. Terror in the face of a woman driven mad by a mutilating accident. Her lover seeking to restore her beauty by stealing the faces of young women lured to his evil chateau. Torturing Blood Rose. Skydivers snatched out of space by alien invaders from another world. The Body Stealers. What is their mission on Earth? Who is the alluring doctor who communicates with those in outer space? Because of explicit nudity and scenes of violent, shocking horror, Blood Rose and the Body Stealers are rated R. Children under 17 won't be admitted without parent or guardian. Blood Rose, The Body Stealers. Two films to keep you in terror. The old crone has found the best cure for those post-Halloween blues. Head to the legendary haunt tour in Nashville, Tennessee, November 11th and 12th. You'll visit Tennessee's terrifying Slaughterhouse Nashville, Devil's Dungeon, and Haunted Hell. The Miller's Thrillers Haunted Woods and Nashville Nightmare, all in just two nights. Tickets on sale now at legendaryhaunttour.com. I promise you'll either be cured or dead.
Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. And speaking of Knoxville, Tennessee and conventions, you may remember back in the spring we talked to Matt and his partner from FrankenCon, which happened in the spring of this year. And it was a rousing success, according to him. He's wandering around the floor here at CreepyCon, so we've asked him to take a seat and talk about the bride of FrankenCon coming next June not too early to make your plans to head up to Knoxville and check this out. Matt Henry, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. We are just hitting the pavement. We're doing the footwork, getting the word out there. Uh, you know, we had the, the first year this year kind of on the end of all the COVID stuff. And now that it's going in and we're building up for next year, we're looking to double the size, double the amount of days, double the actors, double the activities, and double the insanity for Bride of Franken. You're thinking big, and I like that, because, you know, a good show is a good show. And last year you had a great show, according to most people that I've talked to who attended, and apparently your attendance was very well and very well received. The people who attended had a great time, and you're building upon that for next year. Yeah, I think one of the things that makes uh, it a little bit different, I mean, there's a lot of conventions that take place in, like, hotel ballrooms and stuff like that, but uh, there isn't one in Knoxville, so it's really cool because you could be, you know, meeting these actors on the floor, and then later on you go to grab a bite to eat or a drink from the bar, and all of a sudden you're grabbing a drink with Felissa Rose. Uh, who not, the worst thing to, uh, not the worst thing you could ever do, of course. Yes, She's most definitely. She's a lovely lady. Um, and you can get a room there, you know, so you don't have to, you know, you can park and you can stay there for the whole weekend. Uh, for the alcohol imbibing people, let's just say that's a big plus. That's a huge <laughs> plus. Yeah, you definitely don't have to drive. Um, and then also we're doing, you know, it's all taking place in the same location. So we're doing film screenings with live commentaries. We've already announced Joe, Bob, and Darcy will be back. Uh, so it's going to be June 9th and 10th, but Joe, Bob, and Darcy will be doing their How Redneck Saved Hollywood show on June 8th, so the day before. Will that be their national taping, or is that just going to be a Franken-Con specific? That's just going to be a Franken-Con oh, okay. specific. Um, and then they will also be there for the two days of Bride of Franken-Con, along with Felissa Rose, C.J. Graham, a rare appearance by Carl York, better known as Alan Yates from Cannibal Holocaust. Um, and then we have a whole plethora of directors and actors. Some people we're not announcing yet. Uh, so. As you shouldn't because you want to keep the uh, excitement building and you want to tease people to keep tuning in. Yes, so our super VIP completely sold out within a, within one really? day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, um, our VIP goes on sale September 1st. Um, and one of the things I'm trying to let people know is how different we're trying to make this with our super VIP you get access to activities that other people won't have access to, like the 40th anniversary live commentary of Sleepaway Camp with Felissa Rose. We're also going to be doing a Cannibal Holocaust, The True Story with Carl York. We're going to dig in deep and find out what actually happened on the production of that movie. Um, uh, Jill Six, director of The Stylist, is going to be doing a live commentary on the short film kind of talking about the birth of the concept of the stylist and then we have another vip activity that we're holding back on announcing so as you should again you know keep that excitement building yes so it's just it's a lot of work but it's a lot of fun and you know we're just we're we're hitting it hard this year and we're making sure we cover all of our bases we're trying to bring in people that are unique and we're trying to do activities that are unique so i also want to say we're bringing in cj graham who played jason in part six 
And one of the day panels that everyone can go to, I, I actually don't like the word panel. So, I, you know, but... Discussion. Dis- right. Sure. We're going to be showing the opening of Friday the 13th Part 6 and breaking that down. It's arguably one of the best openings in slasher movies, just in general. Um, but we're going to be breaking down the opening of the movie and then following it with a Q&A. So, okay. yeah, trying to just make things as different and weird and quirky as possible. Well, I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of news about the Bride of Franken-Con over the course of the next nine months or so mm-hmm. as we get closer to the dates. So for people who are interested now, super VIPs are gone, but maybe want to get a VIP and go ahead and make their plans to be in Knoxville for the Bride of Franken-Con. I see what you did there, and I like it. <laughs> How can people get more information through websites and social medias? So you can visit us at FrankenConTN on Facebook and Instagram and our website, FrankenConTN.com. You can book your room through the website for the discounted rate, the Franken-Con rate. What is the hotel? Uh, the hotel is the Hilton Knoxville Airport, so it's located directly next to the McGee-Tyson Airport um, in Alcoa, Tennessee. Uh, so you can book your room directly through our website. You can also get your uh, VIP tickets, which are $100, but that's going to come with access to all the VIP activities, along with custom lanyards, swag bags, uh, 10% off our online store and a plethora of other things that that's, that's on there. It sounds like it's going to be a great show. Of course, you know, it's never too late to start planning for shows like this. You know, most people take a year to plan for the next one, and it sounds like you guys are already on par to uh, hit the ground running from this year's show, which literally just happened. And you got, you know, nine months to plan, folks. For Frankencon, you can fly into Knoxville, walk across the street, and there it is, and, and have a great weekend. Once again, FrankenconTN.com. Visit them. Go see them on all the social medias. Matt Henry, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir, and I'm sure we will be hearing much more about this very cool show over the next few months. Most definitely. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, we'll see you guys next year, June uh, for Franken-Con, it's a whole new world of cons and monsters. Uh, I like that tagline, and we should use that much more often. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at CreepyCon here in Knoxville, and we're out. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Hello, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, I am going to continue my journey down torture and execution but i've got to tell you about this book it's the history of torture and execution 
From Early Civilization Through Medieval Times to the Present by Gene Kellaway. You know, I'm not giving you everything, but this is a fascinating book if you're into this type of subject matter. But on this episode of The Big Scary Show, we're going to talk about branding. Branding dates back to at least 2000 BC when Babylon was at the height of its power. Greeks, Romans, and Normans all adopted the instant penalty that immediately identified transgressors. In medieval England, the system of branding was straightforward, using letter-shaped brands to show the misdemeanor. The French also scarred criminals. At first, the brand was of a fleur-de-lis, but then this was replaced with TF for travaux forces, hard labor, and V for voleur, thief. English brands were laid down in a law passed in 1548. By 1624, the punishment was extended to include women. Any woman being lawfully convicted by her own confession or by the verdict of twelve good men of or for the felonious taking of any money, goods, or chattels above the value of twelve pennies and beneath the value of ten shillings or as an accessory to any such offense they said offense not being burglary nor robbery in or near the highway shall for the first offense be branded and marked in hand upon the brawn of the thumb with a hot burning iron having a letter T upon it. That was a whole lot just to say branded with a T in her hand. Brandings were administered in open court by the executioner. He might brand the hand, cheek, or shoulder. Having laid the hot iron against bare flesh, causing considerable agony, he inquired of the judge, A fair mark, my lord? If the answer was no, he acted again. The visible mark rendered people virtually unemployable. Consequently, they turned to a life of crime to sustain themselves and their families. While branding gave way to hanging and whipping by the middle of the 14th century, it was retained for a legal loophole. From the 12th century onwards, clerics accused of misdemeanors in the secular court were permitted to plead benefit of clergy, which put them before the, most lean, the more lenient ecclesiastical court. In the reign of Edward III, the benefit of clergy was extended to all those clerks, religious or otherwise, who could read. The literacy of the accused was proved by them quoting the 51st Psalm, which be became known as the neck verse because of the number it saved from the noose. Of course, the system was open to abuse. Education was slowly seeping through the society, and even the ill-educated could recite the life-saving words from memory. Loophole created an anomaly in English law. The literate might be sent to the gallows for seemingly trivial offenses, yet those able to read could escape the noose on more serious charges. The lawmakers responded by restricting the numbers of offenses to which benefit of clergy could apply. The accused were also branded on the thumb to indicate they had made the plea once. The brand to freedom, the path to freedom, was not offered a second time. In 1706, the reading test was abolished, having been recognized as meaningless. 
benefit of clergy was scrapped in 1790 in the United States and in 1827 in England. In 1779, branding of civilians was abolished in the same act that led to the building of Britain's penitentiaries. Well, you know, if you want to get branded, I know people get branded to this day. More power to you. I don't feel like having a hot iron pressed against my flesh. Catch you on the next episode. And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you have been listening carefully to the previous show because it is time to see if we have a winner for the September gruesome giveaway sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. Remember folks, haunt season is here and I know they're busy, so you better get over to ScreamlineStudios.com and stock up on your supplies now so you can get them in time for your Halloween things going on. Um, last show, we asked a question. We got a lot of responses, almost double what we normally do. I guess that's because of the time of year people are listening in. We selected a random person here, and I believe we have them on the line. Random caller, what is your name? Where are you located? I am David Jones in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Ypsilanti, Michigan. That is uh, between Detroit and uh, Ann Arbor, is it correct? Southern Michigan? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. A, there's a lot of great haunted houses in the Detroit area. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed going to several of them out there. Erebus and Exit 13 and all those good, yep. good haunts. <laughs> there's a lot out there. So. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Well, David, we know why you're here. We want to find out if you are the winner of the September giveaway. Need to ask you a couple of quick legal questions here. So, first okay. of all... Question number one, have we contacted you in any way, shape, or form other than to tell you when to call in? No, sir. Alrighty. Question number two, have you tried to convince us to pick your name either through bribery or other tactics? No, sir. Alright. Fantastic. Well, David Jones of Ypsilanti, Michigan, let's find out if you are indeed the winner. I don't have the question in front of me, which is not uncommon, but if I recall the question, on the last show we were interviewing Von Grimm Productions and they were talking about their new line of snowman masks. What were those snowman masks made from? What is burlap for 100, Alex? Oh my goodness, I like the in form of a question, although I'm never going to do that again. But that's absolutely... <laughs> awesome, awesome. That is absolutely correct. In fact, he even called them as burlap snowman masks. So for all you folks that love burlap masks, head over to Von Grimm or listen to the interview from the last show because they make an awful lot of them. But we're not talking about last show, we're talking about this show. And we again want to congratulate David Jones... You are the September Gruesome Giveaway winner. That is awesome. We are very, very happy that you are the winner. Do you work in the industry? Do you own a haunt? Do you do a home haunt or a yard display or anything like that? We do. We actually do sponsor a home haunt, um, uh, haunt at the Roxbury, um, and we actually uh, do it for charity. So we work with Oak Clinic and collect uh, non-perishable donations as far as food and hygiene items. So, and it's a, it's a blast to do every year. Oh man, a haunt at the Roxbury. You don't have like those Saturday Night Live guys there dancing around, do you? I've thought about it. Maybe in zombie <laughs> form. I thought that'd be pretty neat. 
Oh, that'd be tremendous. If you ever do that, please send us video because I want to see that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, plug it. If does uh, Haunted the Roxbury have a website, Facebook, TikTok, or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. We are on. We're on uh, uh, Instagram uh, at Roxbury underscore Haunters. Uh, we're also on YouTube. You can look us up as the name says, Haunt at the Roxbury. And also Facebook, and uh, we also have a, you can Google us. We have a little web page on Google, too, as well. So those are, any of those mediums will connect you to uh, some of our media, and you can see some of the stuff we do. So That, that is great. I, I'm going to go do that tonight. And uh, one last question. What is the charity that you support? I don't believe you told us the name. We work with Hope Clinic, which is a fantastic organization out here. They actually have more than one location, but we work with the one specifically in Ypsilanti. Um, they uh, they work with um, families to help them make sure they have medical. They also help with vision and dental, and they uh, work with these families who can't afford those things. They also have an amazing pantry. They actually have a grow garden, too, so if people want to pick fresh, fresh produce, they can go do that. Uh, but what, what's neat is their pantry is designed like a market. So you actually get a shopping cart, you walk aisles, you pick what you want. They've got everything from fresh flowers to any kind of food item you want. And it's really neat to see families enjoy that and feel human, you know, and not feel like, oh, we're, we're going to the bread line, you know. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it's a fantastic organization, and we love working with them. Oh, that is tremendous. You guys um, apparently do some great work there. So everybody out in the Detroit, Michigan area, go out to Haunt at the Roxbury and uh, support that great cause there. But once again, David Jones, stay on the line so we can get some shipping information. We want to congratulate you, again, from Ypsilanti, Michigan, of being the September Gruesome Giveaway winner. And of course, we could not do this without our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com because without them, we wouldn't be giving these prizes away every single month here on The Big Scary Show. Yes. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Hello everybody, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 272. And we're going to start off with this hiring news from Meadowbrook's Haunted Cornfield in West Bend, Wisconsin. We are looking for ambitious people to assist on our haunted entertainment farm and to help with building our haunted cornfield and haunted forest. Preparing our entertainment farm for Halloween, parking, customer service, maintenance and repair, plus other varied tasks are needed on the farm. We're an entertainment farm complex big into Halloween. If you're big into Halloween, we need monsters, clowns, and pumpkin pickers. Any skills are a big plus and a big part of what we do. You do need to be over 15 years old for day positions and 18 for evening positions and in good physical shape. You do not need to know everything, but be willing to learn. 
This is a place where you learn general all-around skills and of course you'll enjoy the outdoors. Apply in person through October 1st from 10.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. at Meadowbrook Farm and Market, 2970 Mile View Road in West Bend. You can call or text them 414-617-3649 for an appointment or email your name, number, and best time to contact you to info at meadowbrookfun.com. Although visiting in person is best. You can get more information at their website, meadowbrookfun.com. We have this news from the Hellheim Haunted Attraction in Withville, Virginia. We are excited to announce that we are partnering with St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford and Terror Manor in Roanoke for the Terror Trifecta. Get a punch card at your first haunt, then use it to get $2 off the other two haunts. Once you get your card punched at all three haunts, you will be given a free Trifecta t-shirt. We want to thank our fans for the continued support of the Trifecta. Let the screams begin. Get more information at their website, hellheimhaunt.com. We have a little sad news from the Terror on Two Jacks in Round Rock, Texas. All evil things must end at some time, and after over 20 years of scaring the Round Rock community, Terror on Two Jacks is closing for good. Everything must go, so come see us on Saturday, October 1st, to get a memento or to buy everything you need to start your own haunt. As always, all proceeds will be matched by Dell Giving and sent to the Round Rock Area Service Center. More information about them at rrasc.org. And more information about Terror on Two Jacks can be found at facebook.com slash terror on two jacks. We have a little more sad news, this time from the Field of Screams at Big John Layden's Tree Farm in West Greenwich, Rhode Island. Field of Screams will unfortunately be closed for the 2022 season. We apologize for the inconvenience, but we look forward to seeing everyone back here again in 2023. Keep up with any and all updates at hauntedhayride.net. We have a little convention news with this update from Spooky Empire coming to Orlando, Florida. Robin Lively joins us at Spooky Empire, October 21st through the 23rd. You may know Robin from her many amazing roles like Louise Miller in Teen Witch, Mrs. Gallardi in Ouija, Val Singer in They Come Knocking, as well as TV shows like Lana Budding Milford in Twin Peaks, Angela Shift in The X-Files, plus many, many more amazing films and shows. Get your tickets to meet Robin Lively this fall at the Orange County Convention Center now. Whether you're a Twin Peaks, horror, Halloween, rock and roll, tattoo, or anything spooky fan, be sure to get your tickets now. Get those tickets and more info at SpookyEmpire.com. We have an update from Monster Mania Con 51 coming to Hunt Valley, Maryland. For the first time ever, Clint Howard will be doing an in-costume photo op as the Ice Cream Man at Monster Mania Con 51. Clint will also have the famous cone scene in the film. Don't miss this great opportunity. 
happening September 30th through October 2nd at the Delta Marriott Hotel in Hunt Valley. Order your photo op today and get more information at monstermania.net. We have this news from the 217 Terror Haunted House in Rude House, Illinois. 217 Terror Haunted House will be hosting our annual Family-Friendly Fear Festival on Sunday, October 23rd from 1 to 4 p.m. This event is free for everyone and children are encouraged to dress up in their favorite Halloween costume. Follow us on Facebook and watch for a special guest announcement. For more information, visit 217terror.com. And finally, we have this from the Grove Way Graveyard in Fontana, California. It has been an intensive debate, but we have made the very difficult decision that we will be going dark this season and not having a yard display. With so much going on over the last few years, we worked tirelessly and made it happen because we all needed some fun in our community. However, this year we have decided to help our community as well as take time to enjoy the season with our haunt community. Between now and next Halloween, we are set on developing a new experience for next haunt season. We can't wait for you to see what we have planned for next year. Thank you for the last nine years of community coming to see what we have poured countless hours into into making it for our and sharing with our favorite time of year. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Keep up with those updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Graveyard. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hello folks, Drew Badger here. We're live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee, and something that is coming to Knoxville in October, besides Halloween and a lot of cool stuff, is the Knoxville Horror Film Fest. They've been doing this for many, many years, and during the pandemic, they started doing a lot of these films at a drive-in, which is something you don't see every day, but it sounds like a lot of fun. I've got William here with the Knoxville Horror Film Fest. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm looking at a poster here. You've got some really good titles. Looks like Roger Corman's big involved in all this. There's some Stephen King movies here. You've got some really good movies here. Tell us what you've got going on. Uh, so this is our 14th annual festival. Um, we do four nights. Two of them take place at uh, Central Cinema, which is our movie theater in Knoxville. And then, But the, all the repertory classics are at the Maryville driveway. It's a parkway drive-in. Um, we've got Reanimator, From Beyond, Army of Darkness, Creep Show, Fright Night. We've got a filmmaking tip competition called The Grindhouse Grindout. 
And then at our theater, we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, new independent films and short films and a local filmmaker showcase. So it just sounds like a lot of fun. Are you still taking submissions if I'm an independent filmmaker, or has that cutoff date already the passed? Submissions are already closed for this year. We'll open up for next year in January. But with if you're a filmmaker and like doing timed filmmaking competitions, ours is called the Grindhouse Grindout. We give you two weeks to make an exploitation trailer, and we give you a bunch of wild genres like non-exploitation and black exploitation, spaghetti western. You know all the classic exploitation genres. Non-exploitation, yeah. That's such an undervalued and underused genre. Yeah, that's a wild genre for sure. But that's what we like to do: get filmmakers to do something a little different than they would for like a normal filmmaking competition. So, so you assign that, or do you have a theme that everybody that signs up has to do it in that particular? They draw a number, and then we have a whole list of genres, and they get a pick out of number order which genre they get. Oh, that sounds great. As far as getting some of these shows here, you know, Reanimators, a cult classic, Army of Darkness, we all know about Creep Show, Fright Night, all that stuff. Um, are these just films that you're able to use? Is there a copyright issue or anything like that? How do you go about getting permission? to run something like this? Uh, we book straight through the studios. You know, we have a movie theater, so we have relationships with pretty much all the studios, and we just book through them. Yeah, you know, because a lot of haunts, they show movies on the big screen while the queue lines are going, and some of them are, um, you know, maybe not paying royalties yeah, like no, this year. We, we won't talk about that. Is, everything is licensed that we do. <laughs> Very nice. And, and how did you get started at a drive-in theater? Again, you don't see many of those around, but how cool is that to do it? I mean, was that just because of the pandemic or, or what? Yeah, so originally we, we've done it at like bars and stuff. Over the years as the festival's grown, we started doing it like a Regal Cinemas. But when the pandemic happened, we decided to move to the drive-in and realized that was a perfect fit for us because, you know, all these classic horror films, a lot of them got popular because people saw them at drive-ins. And it gives us the opportunity to have vendors, which we could never do at a Regal. So now we have, every year we get more and more vendors. So you can come and hang out, look at cool horror merch from these vendors, and watch these classic movies out on the big screen. It's just the perfect environment for it. And, and you know, early October, mid-October in eastern Tennessee, still pretty nice weather. The snow hasn't come in, and it's still, you know, 70s, 50s at night and stuff, so... Almost a perfect time to go see a drive-in movie and see a night of horror. 100%. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about it, just sitting out in the... It's a, that's my favorite time of year is fall, you know? And just being able to sit outside and watch these movies on the drive-in screen is just so much fun. Are there any possible special guests coming to uh, maybe somebody who's been in any of these movies making an appearance? We are... Gonna, we're going to find out this weekend, actually, about whether a guest is going to make it. And when we put tickets on sale in a couple of weeks... We will have that info. It's looking pretty good, so there is going to be a pretty awesome guest tied to two of the films that's coming. Oh, fantastic. Can't wait to see that. For people wanting more information about the Knoxville Horror Film Fest, um, maybe when you're ready to announce this so people can see who this special guest is, hopefully it'll come through. How can people get more information via websites, social medias? And if uh, somebody was somebody that made independent films or things like that, how can they apply for next year? So go to KnoxvilleHorrorFest.com. That's got all the info you need. But if you're on social media, we have an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. That's just Knoxville Horror Fest. The search is on there. You'll find it. You can find info about guests and the, the new lineup and when submissions go on, which will be in January for next year. And once again, that's happening October 20th through the 23rd at a couple of different theaters in the greater Knoxville area. 
That's correct. At Central Cinema, which is a little bit outside of downtown Knoxville, and at the Parkway Drive-In in Maryville, Tennessee. Absolutely sounds fantastic. William, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us here at the Big Scary Show. Knox Horror Fest, or Knoxville Horror Fest, go check it out. A lot of cool stuff here. Vendors, a drive-in theater in the fall. How does it get any better than that? doesn't get any better. <laughs> you, you, you're right on that. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we're out. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, that music does signify the Round Table of Terror is on the air. And as you heard right before the music, very proudly sponsored by Haunt Pay for all your online ticketing nudes. And by the way, speaking of Haunt Pay, what a great segue. Um, if you remember, if you were listening to the show back in January, we had Alex Linebrink from Haunt Pay on, who was gathering information on his state of the industry report from 2021's season. And he presented a lot of those findings. And he told us that later this year, they were going to do another one. They were going to try to release a state of the industry report twice a year, if I'm correct on that. And back about two or three weeks ago, at the end of August, they released the State of the Industry Report 2022. They had a, a live stream, and Alex came out and talked about all this stuff. If I'm correct on that, I was unable to attend that, but there was a big flurry of interest on that. So we thought we better get Alex on the show to talk about the State of the Industry Report 2022, which just happens to coincide with the beginning of the haunt industry 2022 so we want to go up to detroit michigan and welcome again owner of our very fine sponsor haunt pay mr alex lindenbrink how are you sir hey guys i am good thanks so much for having me and and for letting us uh share some cool info here again we are stoked you know we enjoyed the conversation back in january you know we posted a link to the streaming you guys did at the end of august talking about this so we definitely want to get into it. But of course, we want to introduce our hosts, who also have no doubt plenty of questions about this. Up in Warwick, Rhode Island, we have Storm. Uh, greetings from spooky, haunted Rhode Island. Ooh, that'll make more sense in a moment. <laughs> Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. 
Greetings. I just got back from Rhode Island and Massachusetts recently. And Drew, I, I have a question. What what is this this um haunt pay nudes? What, what is it? I did not say nudes. I meant to say news. Sorry about that. It's like I heard that too. Not gonna, post, <laughs> not, gonna post, not gonna post nudes of Alex, are you? Um We'll we'll talk offline. It depends on how much he's willing to pay to not have that done. Well, it but depends anyway. if we just broke the site too. <laughs> <laughs> to not have it done, I'm an entrepreneur, Drew. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, always looking for more revenue streams. Money talks, my friend. Money talks. <laughs> and speaking of money, somebody who's probably going to be making an awful lot of it because her haunt is opening soon, Banshee Manor in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We have Jana, aka the Old Crone. Good evening, everyone, or day, or morning, or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this, but howdy. Glad to have you here. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte. Unfortunately, I am not nude. I am fully clothed, wearing my Ghoulie Manor shirt, for those who remember that particular haunt. What a maybe one, day it'll, maybe one day it'll come back. We'll see. Hi, Vic! Yes, shout out to Victor. Anyway, um, Alex... Back in January, let's let's recap real quick. You were talking about the state of the industry in 2021. What was the uh, techniques you used to gather information to release that? And what have you been doing in the last six months or seven months or so prior to releasing this new state of the industry report? Yeah, uh, this one was a, a you know a passion project that we had because every year we had we had uh, folks in the in the industry, our clients. You know, we work with over a thousand haunted events and attractions every year, and uh, every year they were asking us, "What's going on? Like, what's new?" Especially you know throughout the pandemic, there were a lot of people trying to figure out what the trends were, especially when it came to generating revenue with online ticket sales. So we decided to take a hack at it. We felt like there was. A lot of good info out there on on what the trends in general and haunting are and that sort of thing, but not specific to revenue, specific to how you're making money and how you're getting people through the door and managing your crowds and and doing your marketing and that sort of thing. So we took a hack at this last year. We put out a big survey and got a lot of people to fill it out. Uh, and it was a it was a good turnout for the first time. And we had hundreds of people download that, um, which was awesome uh, at the end of the season. But it was a weird timing, right? It was after the season. You know, I think we had ended up releasing uh, the last one like the end of October. So it really didn't help anybody during the season. It had some data from the season. We we ta- talked to, to folks like yourself about it afterwards, um, but it didn't really help people prepare for next year. So th- this year, as, as we mentioned earlier this year, we wanted to get something that was a little bit more relevant, you know, to folks, not late. Not not uh, looking back at what just happened, but also looking forward at what's going to happen. So that's what we did this year. In the meantime, we ramped up our questions. We got a few more in there. We figured out ways to make the data work for us and, and give us a little bit more information while not being too cumbersome. We put some money behind it. So we offered people, you know, gift cards. You know, we, we I think we gave away, you know, 10 or 20 uh, gift cards, you know, to people that were winners that had filled this stuff out. And this year, we had over 2,000 people that were self-proclaimed industry insiders, folks that work at haunts and, and run haunts and that sort of thing, fill out this report. So we have a lot of data from a lot of people. And that's the exciting one about this one. And hopefully, it's a time that some of you guys out there can use it for your haunting this year. Yeah. Now, just to clarify, these people are not all haunt pay customers, are they? So Correct. Not they a are bias. not. 
Okay, so there's no bias here towards what you were doing. And we we didn't ask them, what is the best ticketing platform on the planet? We didn't do that either. You know, that'd be a little bit leading in the question in there. Uh, But no, uh, as far as we know, there's no bias. We put this out there to everybody. I think you guys may have even shared it when we had the survey going out. I know it was floating around the Facebook groups and all that sort of thing. And, uh, and and we did put some ads behind it, you know, to the Han industry folks that we knew were in the Han industry. We blasted out on our email list. We, we asked Transworld and, and some other folks to get this out. So we had a lot of, of, um, of input behind this, which was great. And they are all people who, who said that they were part of the industry. So that's a cool thing, too. Now, part of the industry can be varying, you know, so some of these people could be home honors. Some of these people um, could be nonprofit haunters, and and that might not be relevant to you know the biggest uh, you know professional haunts out there. But you know what? There's a lot of us that that is relevant to. Uh, a lot of people have made that full transition from you know the smallest home haunters to nonprofit haunters to professional haunters to mega you know haunters you know up there. And so uh, I think this is going to have a little bit for everybody. Excellent. So. What exactly was revealed at the end of August when you guys came out and did your your big reveal, so to speak? Yeah, the report. Uh, so we did a little webinar that walked through some of the most surprising numbers, which I'm I'm hoping uh, I, I can share a few of those with you today here. There's some interesting ones. But also the report is out there. Like we don't want to charge anybody for this. It's just for the industry. We appreciate appreciate everything the industry does for us every year. And, and we want to help in any way possible. So this is a 30-page report that you can go download at any time. Just head over to hauntpay.com and click, you know, the haunt industry report is out. It's like the one of the top buttons there that you'll find. And you can download this for free. You just throw in your name and email address and you can download it. And it's a nice 30-page beautiful report spanning everything from how haunters make money to what the latest marketing trends are, to where that money goes, to to what you know um, they're doing to to get the word out, all sorts of stuff. How long they're open every year, all sorts of cool stuff here. So, what would you say was the most surprising find of this Ooh. year? Um, I definitely have a few, but let me let me. I'll get. I'll go jump right to it. I, I mentioned this ahead of time when we were chatting here, and and I think you guys had some interesting input on this. And I, I would love to hear you know all of the ghost input on on why this may be. But haunters love giving back. This is the craziest thing that I saw here. I mean, I know this is true. I was a home haunter, and we collected like cans for the local food shelter and stuff like that. You know what I was growing up to and all this. But this is what I didn't expect. More than 72% of haunts are either affiliated with a nonprofit or donate proceeds to uh, nonprofits, part of their proceeds to nonprofits. 72%, that's almost uh, three quarters of haunts are giving back to their community. And this is like the best ammo you can think of, right? For all those naysayers, those people who do the letters to the editor talking about, oh, Satan's being worshipped down the street again. Like, get these people, you know, are bad for our community, all that, right? Like, like, get them out of there. This is what the truth is. Honors are some of the most generous people out there. Just try to think of another industry outside of literally nonprofits, you know, where this happens, that 72% uh, end up giving back to their community. I think that's awesome. Was it more towards local charities or was it more on like national stuff? Like, did they donate Red Cross versus, you know, Bob's <laughs> Animal Shelter? What was the... Or do you have those kind of numbers? We don't. Uh, sadly, we don't have it broken down quite that far because here's the thing. Um, we do have it broken down a little bit farther. So I can give you a little more breakdown on this. But here's the thing. When when we're asking people to fill this stuff out for free or for the chance of winning a $25 gift card, you know, like, 
we, we got to stop somewhere. <laughs> you know, We already had, I, I think, 30 or 40 different questions on here. And people were super generous with their time going through all of this. But at some point, we got to say, okay, thanks a ton for your input. You could go back to your day if, to giving us free information. Um, so I can't break down, you know, 10 different degrees of everything. But I can tell you that about 27% of the haunts are, that, that, you know, were, were, had input into this were actually operated by a nonprofit. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, about uh, 55% actually said a portion of proceeds are donated to a nonprofit. And, uh, there, you know, there's always the, the, the smaller amount there that said, you know, uh, no, we're unaffiliated with any nonprofit. That was like 26, 27% there. And then like 1% preferred not to answer. There's always the prefer not to answer, which is interesting on some of the questions, but, but yeah, that, that's kind of the breakdown there. So that's, that's super interesting to see. And, and, you know, gives me some warm fuzzies. Well, Jim, I know you had mentioned something before we got started about uh, how you were affiliated with doing something like that similar. I did. Well, you mentioned, though, you know, the, how much they give back to the community and all that. Oh, yeah. Backwards oddities. Absolutely. Oddities. Sorry. <laughs> um, and they're in Waverly, Ohio, which is in the eastern part. Um, I've known these these guys for 10 years plus. Uh, I actually trained their first round of actors way back in the dark ages when there wasn't any electricity and just, you know, uh, gerbils running things. And uh, they have impressed me ever since. I usually go out there and, and test them to see if somebody can scare me. <laughs> um, the first time I did it after I trained them, somebody did scare me. So I gave her a $50 gift card. I was good to my word. I don't do that anymore because I'm old and they can scare me all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, Alan, Alan Shell and his daughter Kimberly uh, out there, they they do half of their proceeds go to a specific charity every year, and I I'm very proud of them for that. And you know, awesome. they they pay he pays my actors, and I've told him time after time after time, don't do it. And he says. Either they take the pay or you don't come back. So how do you yeah. argue with that? You know, I mean, you can't. He is such a generous person. Uh, and he's looking out just not only for actors, but for the community. And Alan and Kimberly are, are two of the best people I know in this business. I find it so interesting that, you know, as, as Alex said just a minute ago, you know, people who think we're just evil and horrible, we are among the most generous. I mean, you know, look at Haunters Against Hate. They right. they just had their second convention in July. Look at, you know, uh, Don't Be a Monster, the anti-bullying right. campaign based out of Colorado. You know, they're fantastic with what they do. And right. and uh, Scares That Care, based out of, I believe, Baltimore. They, uh, they announced recently they're no longer going to be doing a convention, but they are still going to have the charity, which helps the burn survivors and the breast cancer and the childhood diseases. Okay. So, you know, it's... You know, we are an, an incredibly generous and giving industry. So, you know, kudos to all you haunters out there who do that. So e even that person who doesn't prefer to answer, but, but that's cool. <laughs> funny thing is, is people on the outside don't realize this. They think we're just a bunch of creepy, scary people, you know, that we don't, you know. Well, we are, but, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, we are, but look what look what the industry does. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the layman out there doesn't really understand that. And I mean, how do we how do we get that out to the masses that you know we're here to scare the hell out of you, but we're also here to help the community? Good marketing down to your yeah, your marketing, your press releases, right? Uh, and stuff, making sure that um, the community knows that hey, when you come here, you're going to get get scared, but you're also going to be supporting a good cause. Right. I I try to pick um, well for several years. I did. Um, I partnered with different sororities at the university here, and of course, they have a charity night where you know they have everyone go to that business, and the business donates a certain portion um, to that sorority's. Um, charity of choice. And I've done that for several years. Last year, um, I decided to work with uh, a, uh, a women's and family shelter for domestic violence. And so we did one night and we promoted that, that, hey, you know, tonight, tonight $1 of each ticket is going to go towards them. Um, you know, and, you know, we try to do things like that every year, at least once, sure. once during the season. Tremendous, and, and and I believe Johnny, you have you actually uh, are going to be using a particular uh, online ticketing service this year. Is that yes, correct? I I am thrilled to be one of the new customers of Haunt Pay, um, <laughs> and you know it's this is something totally new. Banshee Manor's going into the twenty first century of doing um, online ticketing. We've never done online ticketing. Um, and that's mostly because I partner with another company, which is the venue that I have my haunted house at, and they handle all of the ticketing. But um, I talked to them about hot pay and they said, yeah, let's do that. So we're offering hot pay. Um, we're also doing the virtual queue, which I'm really excited about. Oh, great. Because um, that will allow, that will help my group um in managing the crowds and stuff but it's also going to allow people to have more time to go ride go-karts or go play video games or go do some of the other things that's there which makes my venue you know make more money which makes them like me even more so um so it's just it's working out really good um with the uh, the onboarding getting set up on the website and the training and everything went went great and i'm really excited i was just did my staff training this past weekend on saturday and um being able to announce things like you know this is what we're doing we're doing online ticketing we're doing virtual queue and and um and stuff like that you know they were really excited about that too so that is awesome to hear jonna and and thanks so much for checking it out um, yeah. And if you, I mean, you know, we're excited to work with you guys and there are more updates to virtual queues coming. So uh, keep watch. We're testing some stuff right now that we hope to have out later this week and or early next week. That'll be some cool yes. upgrades to that, but uh, more coming. But that's, that's like another interesting thing that came up. If you don't mind me segueing just slightly, like uh, the, one of the big trends that we've seen this year is that, you know, haunts are recognizing that, that fans are happier and actually end up spending more money when they're not waiting in line to do so. Uh, and, and that is a big theme that we've seen throughout this. But, um, you know, for an example, like nearly half of all haunts out there right now that, we, that we're in this survey offer time ticketing. 
85% of haunts are offering ways for guests to pay to reduce their, their time in line. So this could be, you know, for a specific time they're going in, for a VIP front of the line pass, for access to a virtual queue. And then, you know, to your point, Jonna, like uh, 30% of, of uh, people that we surveyed in, in this survey here are actually uh, planning on using virtual queues this year. And really the data that we're seeing on virtual queues getting set up is, is backing that up. Um, so that's even bigger. That number, to put it in perspective, is even bigger than what we saw in 2020 using virtual queues on our platform or, or last year in 2021. So that is not something that was pandemic only. That's something that's sticking around and, and is making everybody happy because customers don't have to wait in line. They can just get a text message when it's time to go to the door and uh, they can keep roaming the midway, which makes the event organizer, the haunt happy because you can potentially spend money doing other things, buy concessions, you know, go play some midway games, play some escape games. If there's some mini escape games, all that sort of thing. It's fascinating that I'm seeing more and more haunts putting out a quote unquote midway type thing with, you know, mm -hmm. of course a gift shop with t-shirts and hats and, stuff and you know more and more concessions i'm seeing food trucks appearing at at haunts all over the country now where they weren't just five years ago and and you know it it may sound like common sense but if you're standing in line you don't have your wallet out you know mm -hmm. you're just standing in line waiting to go into the haunt but if you don't have to wait in line you can have that wallet out you can go do some axe throwing or you can go you know, buy yourself a hot dog and a Pepsi and what and a bag of chips and and just sit by the bonfire waiting for your waiting for your time to come in. So well, yeah, uh, pretty pretty soon we're gonna be like back in my day, we had to stand <laughs> in line for an hour and a half just to go through the haunt. You know, we're gonna be doing that yep. <laughs> Now get off my lawn. But I do want to remind go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna break here, but you go ahead with what you were saying. Oh, sorry. I was just going to throw something else out there. I mean, you're talking about the Midway games. We actually saw uh, this year part of this survey, and I don't want to give it all away so somebody could still download this and get some value. But, you know, 15.5% of people actually that, that surveyed here said that their largest uh, revenue generator, revenue producer was their Midway section. So that's interesting to me, too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Weird, right? That's a lot of axes being thrown and a lot of. Uh rooms being escaped from wow there you oh go. yeah because your overhead's so so good on that i mean if you you got the room and stuff to do it it makes sense to, to do it because you you, you the you know like cost to pay actors or something to run that those things can run right from the minute you open the gates till the very end mm -hmm. you know you can still be selling axe thrown while you're waiting for that last group to go through that was always incredible downtime which it could be a lost opportunity especially if you had one one attraction because they'll stagger the closing so you get one closing then another and you got a bunch of people wandering around your parking lot you got it yep uh, badger before we break the one the one uh number i wanted to get some uh little clarification and, and a question to him i'm looking then approximately how many days uh your haunt is open in a season seems like a really high number is that how is that calculated or am I missing a decimal? Yeah, yeah, no. This is this is also high to us. Yeah, we were really shocked by this, and and I think part of it was in in how we asked the question, which is really in terms of months. We broke it down to this, so really, this should be like in in terms of months here. 
Um, so I guess like that would be something that's a little off in how it's presented, you know, and we broke it down to days from the months, but really people aren't open on weekdays. Right. And, and things like that. So that would break this down. But I think what you are still seeing is that more and more people are open. So what you're saying you're showing is 111 days on average last year, 121 days on average this year, think of it more like this three point three and two thirds months last year, four months this year. So we're up in percentage of the months out of the year that people that haunts are opening up, which is crazy to me. And the slide that I think, uh, you know, was around that in the, and I, I don't remember exactly what order they were in there, but one of them talked about, you know, what other, what people are opening for. And I think that's a lot of what this is, you know, going towards what this is talking about. They're, they're opening for Valentine's Day. They're opening for zombie props. They're opening for Friday the 13th. 19.8% are doing a Krampus or, or, or that time period, you know, holiday event. Um, and 24% reported this year of having something going year round, which that also seems really high to me, which means I think there was some lack of clarity in that question as well. And some people that were just saying, hey, we're open all year for all these different events. We're probably saying we're open year round instead of that when when we were really trying to get how many people are literally open, you know, throughout the year. Uh, but uh, but I think whatever you know it is on these, what you're seeing is people are opening for way more you know specialty events throughout the year, halfway to Halloween, all that stuff, and that's super exciting to me. It means more people are open to haunting outside of just October, and that's that's great. That's fun. <laughs> I, I have been saying for the last you know two or three years that at some point Labor Day is going to be the quote unquote official start to haunt season. Probably within the next decade, you know, it used to be the first weekend in October. Then it was the last weekend in September, you know, then it was the third weekend in September. Now the second week in September, people are opening up, you know, September 15th, a lot of the Cedar Point parks opened up their Halloween events. I don't know about Six Flags or, or the other ones, but I know that those, those are now open. I believe Land of Illusion opened a, a couple of years ago, at least the last weekend in August. And uh, I, I can't see that not being a trend because once July 4th goes by, everybody starts talking at least a little bit about Halloween. You know, you know, people used to complain about Christmas decorations being out in August, but Halloween decorations are starting to come out in July. And, and you know, some people may not like that, but haunters certainly do. But I do want to remind everybody that uh, we are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show with our very special guest, Alex Linebrink from HauntPay, our very fine sponsor, along with our co-host talking about the state of the industry report for the 2022 season, which is just getting started. So let's talk a little bit and find out a little bit about HauntPay by listening to this very important message. And we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. 
And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror talking with Alex Lindebrink of HauntPay about the State of the Industry Report 2022, some of the new things that HauntPay has got going on for this year, and uh, a couple of our hosts who have ties to HauntPay, including Jonna, who has been um, a, I guess, a new customer for, what, a a month now, or or how Um, long? Yeah, about a month, a little over, maybe a month. Yeah, I'm excited about it because... We had been using butcher numbers beforehand, and so now we're going to be using the virtual queue. And the really nice thing about the virtual queue is, is like I said earlier, it allows people to play games and things like that, which makes my venue more money. But also, it's going to be a great way for me to be able to schedule breaks for my crew because I don't have a very large crew. Um, so we should be able to coordinate how many groups we have in the queue at a particular time we're going to probably only have four groups at a time and when one goes in we'll just add another group onto the end of that until we decide to do breaks and the customers should not even know that we're taking a break at any particular time (laughs) so um, that's really exciting for us to be able to do that this year are are they still going to be able to get their roast beef and salami (laughs) numbers yeah, the Swiss I, I, cheese. I need a half pound of Munster. <laughs> well, I, I I took the roll and I almost said, ah, I don't have to use this anymore. I can throw this away. And then I was like, mm, I better hold on to it just in case the internet goes down. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's not going to be any problem with pump pay. If there's no, any, no. It's going to be internet connection. Um, but I, I may have to... Um, wrap that up in a pretty bow and send it to you, Alex, and say thank you for us not having to use these this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. But I, I love the the idea of like actually using the virtual queue to manage uh, enough, you know, of your crowd flow to schedule those breaks. And, and it makes it almost seamless. It makes it almost invisible mm-hmm. to the end user there because like as far as people are seeing, they're not picking a time and seeing a really weird gap or something in your time slots that are available or anything. You're just slowing it down, you know, steadily slowing it down on the virtual queue for a while. And, and it lets a, a couple people get, get some much needed R&R. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it, is, it is really difficult when you have a, a, a long line of people and they're standing there waiting to get in very patiently. And you have to come out as the owner and say, sorry, we're going to take a 15 minute break. Yep. Mm. And you could just, mm, you know, you could just see it in their faces. Um, so I'm not going to have to do that anymore. So I'm really excited about that. Nice. Uh, Alex, getting back to the state of the industry report, I know one of the things you were talking about was uh, revenue, re- ways to increase your revenue generation. Mm. And um, and I know that Leonard Pickle always says, if you run out of money, you don't get to play anymore. But um, were there any new creative ways that haunts were generating income rather than you know just opening up an escape room or putting out a new concession stand or having a food truck out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's been uh, increasing. It's been shifting a lot over the last couple of years on where your, where haunts are getting a lot of their revenue. You know, one, one thing that I mentioned right before we went on break was that midway games, people are 15.5% are saying that that was their largest revenue generator, um, which, which is weird, you know, awesome. That's a whole new way there, but, 
a lot of people are doing merchandise and gift shops and concessions and, and even generating revenue from sponsorships, you know, and I think a lot of that is from nonprofit haunts, right. That might not charge for their attractions, but um, you know, 18% said concessions were their number one revenue generator like that. That just blows me away. So more and more people are doing that. And one thing that we're seeing over and over, and this is something I've harped on for a long time uh, and, and uh, uh, probably lettered the same way, uh, here, but that's that, uh, you know, online ticketing allows you uh, more opportunities to put more things in front of your, your fans. And if you're not selling it, then they can't buy it. You might have people that really want to support you and love what you're doing and have deeper pockets. But if you're not selling anything besides uh, a $20 ticket, then they can't buy anything besides a $20 ticket, right? So offer them upsells, offer them more in their online journey. And, and, this last year, this number has actually fallen a little bit throughout the years, but it's still a massive number. Last year, guests spent over 35% more when completing their purchase online versus at the door. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. They're probably using a credit card. I mean, they, they are using a credit card definitely online, right? They don't see the dollars coming out of their pockets. They don't have anybody standing in line behind them, but they're also getting more opportunities. You might have upsells for that merchandise or that, those concessions that we just talked about. You know, one interesting thing that we just brought out, which I, I you know, uh, sorry if, if you didn't want me to plug anything yet, but I'm going to anyways, uh, is the concept of a digital collectible. So there's been this, this idea running around the, those nerdy blockchain worlds of these NFTs, digital collectibles. And it's just like a way to have like a digital trading card. But, you know, with, with, with images and stuff like that, you can just make a copy of the JPEG, right? So this is a way to make sure there's only one produced and there's one owner that's tied to that. Um, and I think, you know, artists, you know, a lot of honors are artists. And they could create some really cool concepts, some really cool art, some really cool content to be part of these digital collectibles, be sold online with zero overhead um, and, and be something that can be tradable and resellable after that person buys it on there. So it's got that added value. And our ultimate goal with this is to actually tie it to entry to specific areas of an event. You know, maybe you've got a VIP bar that you have to sneak around back to get to and you can only get in if you're an owner of this digital collectible. It becomes like a membership, like some sort of club for you. You can do stuff like that. So I think that's awesome. We're seeing more and more season passes being sold, um, things like that. Uh, even bundles between multiple attractions. That's something we've been seeing more and more of throughout the, the last couple of years here. And of course, we just mentioned the idea of like virtual queues and VIP passes. VIP from the line passes have been around for a long time, but the idea of like selling and potentially even upselling people to get into that virtual queue where, you know, they'll just get a text message instead of waiting in line. That's an opportunity as well. You know, I've got to say something here, and I am very old school. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to mince words. I'm 57 years old, and I have a hard time wrapping my mind around an NFT. I had a 20-year-old co-worker tell me about an NFT once, and it makes no, absolutely no sense to me. And <laughs> I, I, it will never make sense to me. Why would you pay tons of money for something digital? That's stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can I take a hack at it? Go ahead. I'm with you on most of it. I, I think, uh, you know, that was a cool experiment that people did scribbling down their little buddy or, or whatever, their little figurine on a piece of paper, making that pixel art and selling that, right? right. So I'm with you on that. 
I'm with you on that. 100% of the way, I'm with you on that. Uh, where I think it's valuable is when you can use it. And that's what we're doing when we're trying to build this stuff. One, we're trying to take the learning curve of the blockchain and cryptocurrency away from it. It's just tied to your account. You don't need to understand that stuff to create it. Mint it is it's called in the industry, but to create it, you don't need to understand that to buy it. You can just use a credit and debit card on our system and buy it. It'll be tied to your account. So get rid of the, that barrier of knowledge there. The other fact of it is like that um, this is something that could be resellable. Whereas, you know, normal tickets, yeah, you could figure out a way to resell it and transfer it to somebody, but it's not that easy to do. It's something that could be resellable and could have utility beyond that. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, one might be what we talked about. It's something that not only has like some cool artwork to it, but also lets you into a special VIP area of the event, or maybe lets you in an hour early. Like then it's just the combination of a pass that you also get some cool artwork with and it feels like a membership badge and you're part of a new club that gets in early, right? Like okay. then that's that's utility, that's usability on this, which you didn't have on those scribbles of those figurines, you know, that somebody drew their stick figure and tried to sell it on there, right? right. Uh, another one that we're actually bringing out is a, a collection that we call Zombie Buddies. And this is really cool. Um, some of you guys out, that are out there listening might know uh, uh, Julie Whitfield. Um, uh, she, uh, is a horror artist in the industry. She's, she's worked with several haunts that are out there. She does some really cool stuff, a lot of amazing makeup work, but people don't know that she does other art too. So she hangs out her and Rob go forth are, 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 you know, hip and hip uh, all the time there. So Rob is a haunt actor, always got the coolest makeup. She's the reason he's always got the coolest makeup, but, uh, you know, and, and that happens a lot in the haunt industry, right? Like somebody has to make do that makeup. It's rarely the person uh, that's out there doing the acting. But uh, uh, she made these figurines for us and, and we paid her, you know, for these commissioned these from her. These amazing figurines, each is unique. Each has its own, you know, personality and character. And they're called zombie buddies. Each is one of a kind. You, there is only one of them out there. And so we created NFTs of this. And so each NFT is, is, is a photo of this, but here's the deal. So you could, you could buy one and there's only one owner to each of these and you could trade it around. But once during the life of that digital collectible, that NFT, it can be exchanged for that physical figurine. So really what you're buying is access to that physical figurine too. Uh, and just, it's up to you. If you want to redeem it now or let the next person redeem it, it's kind of this ongoing coupon type thing, you know, that you can pass around until somebody redeems it that one time there. So I'm totally with you unless it can be used for something and, and end up putting something in your hand or giving you access to something. I'm totally with you. But I think that that is the next phase of NFT stuff. So stay tuned for a lot of cool projects. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to happen in events where you get into special areas. It'll happen in sports where you become members of a fan club or, or get access to meet and greets with fans and players. Um, and, and I think other things will happen. Uh, they'll create communities and create some utility and that sort of thing. Well, you know where I think that translates the best with haunts is, is this way. Jim, do you have a drawer full of haunt t-shirts? <laughs> no. Yes. Do you, how do you not have a drawer full of haunt t-shirts? I have a closet. The, the, exactly. <laughs> you don't have enough room for your haunt t-shirts. Right. So that, mm -hmm. that's where the, that's where you want a digital NFT. You know, that you still that. get the experience. You still got the thing, but you, you don't have to, you know, have an entire closet. I mean, I, I had so many haunt t-shirts just from the haunt I worked at over 10 years that I sent them to my mother and she made a quilt out of them because <laughs> that's the only way I could, I, I can't wear that many t-shirts. Storm, uh, my, my studio is the second bedroom in my house. 
Yeah. I have a closet in this bedroom. It is full of haunt t-shirts. Yeah, you can't wear them all. You're going, <laughs> you're going to get that all back with the uh, Haunt Pay NFT. You know, just if you if you could take each of those designs and just boom, carry them around on your phone. There you go. Look at that. Oh. I'm special. You have it project onto a T-shirt. I'm sure we can get that technology going. We we got to talk, not, Storm. We got to talk, man. Speaking of talking and marketing, Weasel, uh, one of the neatest, um, again, you know, everybody listening, go to Haunt Pay, find the uh, um, the show, download it, throw in some information. You know, you gotta give, gotta give something, get something. So your name and you know, an email is not a big grab for this. Uh, it is such a fun uh, thing to look at. The, the designs, the spiders crawling okay. around, the, the fonts and stuff is really great. So one of these fun slides, of course, is how do you promote your haunt attraction? What I found most interesting about that one and something i've been yelling at people for years there's no single silver bullet for promotion and (laughs) this this number really shows that i mean almost everything falls between 10 and 15 percent yeah not a thing on there that's over 20 percent right and and just a couple that are under 10 yeah you're absolutely right you know almost 20 percent doing online ads only 18.6 doing organic social media 10.7 doing word of mouth Billboards at 11.8, 11.1 newspaper and magazines, you know, it's all over the place. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely hear you, Storm. And, and I think that means you just got to be active. You got to be out there. If people are searching somewhere, you better darn well have a listing there because they can't find you if you're not listed there. You know, that goes for social media and stuff like that, you know, event directories, all of that sort of thing. But also treat your customers well. So they're going to share your word of mouth, incentivize them. Do a little online ad, you know, advertising type stuff, but also uh, don't forget about that physical stuff because people still read those newspapers and people still look at those billboards. So, yeah, that was really interesting. Good, good call out there, Storm. And it's definitely valuable data. And it, it shows, this, you know, people get really confused with statistics and things and go, well, you didn't ask every single haunt. So how can you have a number? That, that's not how statistics work. But if you want to validate it, you look at your other numbers where they're, uh, you, you got some really great numbers in this showing um, you know, how much people are paying for a haunt. And you got great mm-hmm. numbers showing in person and online, which is fantastic. But just seeing that you know, here, it, people are dropping this amount of dollars on a haunt. You, know, you can compare that to yours and go, oh, well, I'm in there or not in there. But it's a great number. So it shows that you know, the haunts that are responding to this are are having success. And it's not that their marketing campaign failed and they're still filling out the survey. They they obviously had some success to get some of these numbers you're getting uh, and the trends in there. And you know, this this is good for haunts of all sizes too, uh, which is a good thing with statistics. If you run too many numbers, you get too big a population for just big haunts or little haunts. But uh, you almost have a uh, response for everything, for every size and type of haunt through this whether you're a yard haunt that's open a couple nights or you know you're almost an amusement park you you fit into a lot of these numbers absolutely i mean that's and that's what happens we were we're super thankful to have the response that we had from the community and a lot of that is because of folks like you sharing this around out there so thank you so much but everybody in the community really you know we saw emails getting forwarded to other people and people sharing it you know themselves on twitter and facebook and that sort of thing and that's what 
how we got to two over 2000 respondents, which as far as I know, is as big as it gets, you know, in the Honda industry for, for a survey and, and data collection there. So that's incredible. And, and just, you know, thanks. Thanks to everybody that replied to this. That's, that's awesome. Well, Alex, let, let me ask you this. Um, I, I know you do a lot of ticketing for the Honda industry, but if I'm not mistaken, don't you do ticketing for people not in the Honda industry? We do. So, uh, we're home honor or we're home. We're, we're haunters first. I started as a home honor and did, you know, haunting after that professional haunting. I've been going to Midwest for 15 years and trans world and all those, you know, I think it was at the first Midwest. Um, but, uh, yeah, so haunting was always like, when we started this, that was my original concept. It was like, there are these events out there like haunters that are kind of left in the dust, right? There are ticketing platforms out there, but none of them were haunt specific at the time. They didn't have features like time ticketing and bundles and all this weird stuff that we haunters need, right? So we built it and we and you know, I said to, to my partner when we started this, uh, you know, Pat, like if we can do this for haunted houses, then we can do it for other folks too. Well, I want to focus in on the haunted houses, but you know, just to give you some confidence that I'm not trying to lead you down some rabbit hole of only working with haunted houses, like there are other event categories that need special features. And so we, you know, we build a version for escape rooms. We build a version for food and drink festivals. Our fastest growing stuff right now is in the world of uh, semi-pro and, and minor league sports. Um, and all the other stuff is pretty much under the banner Passage. That's our company's name. Uh, it's a little bit more generic than, than Haunt Pay, you know, for, for some other events that are going on out there. But, but Haunt Pay is still my, uh, where my heart is with a lot of that stuff there. Yeah. Well, the, the reason for my question is because I'm involved in the professional wrestling industry. Oh. And um, some of the places I know that I work with are using like Eventbrite and Ticket Leap. Ah. And it's like, you know, well, I know another ticketing company. I got to check with this guy. There you go. Lower fees, better features. We can even do some of the virtual live stream access so you can charge for in-person and online access. There could be some cool stuff there. I won't pitch them the NFTs. I know you're not a fan there. So we'll, we'll leave that one off the side. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I really liked about, um, I mean, the the information that you give us with your, with your survey, it gives me a chance to see how my size of font rates with other fonts the same size. I feel like I can get some apples to apples and oranges to oranges information there. And I find that very helpful as a haunt owner. Um, so I appreciate you doing the survey. How do you think from the information you've gathered and the trends that you've started seeing over the last couple of years, you should be doing this. How do you think inflation is going to affect um, the haunt ticket and revenue this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to have an effect for sure. Uh, we all know that things have been more expensive as we've been getting ready for our haunted attractions. And I think uh, there's a lot of attractions already that are setting up their pricing. I mean, not everybody is up and selling tickets. So that's a little bit of a call out to everybody who hasn't set up tickets yet. Get it done. Get it done. You don't want to be doing it last minute. Uh, but uh, a lot of people that are setting up are raising their prices just a little bit. Um, and I think people are used to it. They understand that that the world is more expensive right now and, and at least for a period of time. So I do expect revenues to go up a little bit. 
Um, I, I hope that there's not a correlation of, of uh, lack of, of attendees. I don't really see that coming. You know, people wages are higher than they ever have been, you know, and, and all that sort of thing too. So I, I think there's a lot of positive impact going into this, but you know, um, who knows what happens over the next few weeks and, you know, whether the government comes out and says we're in hyperinflation or whatever, and we need to really raise interest rates and stuff that can all have an effect on this. But what we're seeing right now is that, you know, uh, attractions are selling at about the same rate as they were last year with a little bit higher prices. So that's good news. I think all the way across the board there, um, that's not included in this because this was put together over several months, you know, but, what we're seeing right now over the first couple of weeks of September is that sales are good. Sales are doing great. And they're a little bit higher volume, higher ticket prices than they were before. So I think all that's on the positive side. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I raised my rates last year. Uh, um, and I really think I'm at the top of my price point for my size of haunt and everything. Sure. But yet my expenses have gone up in the form of uh, my labor costs. You know, I had, I had to bump up how much I'm paying my staff um, to, you know, reward those who have stuck with me for several years and also, you know, to be enticing for people coming on. So since I can't raise my prices, but my expenses have gone up, the only thing I can do really to make sure that I'm still coming out in the black on this is to get that, get more people through the haunt. And so that's, that's my focus is, you know, marketing, 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 marketing. Yeah. I'm changing up a few years, a few rooms. I mean, with like I do every year Mm -hmm. and, um, but I think bringing on like you guys and doing a, you know, mostly focusing on, on marketing, hopefully that will happen. And it'll be interesting to see what the next survey comes out um, saying how, how the inflation and the hiring issues and, things like that work out this year. So I'm really excited about the next one too. Yeah. You're giving, giving us food for, for new questions to add in here already. I like it. (laughs) Good. Good. Well, one of the things that I've talked to, you know, every haunt owner, I talked to at Transworld. I asked the simple question, how was your season last year? And almost 100%. It wasn't a hundred, but I would say over 90 to 95% of those people said, this was the best year ever. <laughs> everybody I asked at Midsummer Scream, that was a haunt owner. Everybody I've asked at CreepyCon, everybody asked at Carolina Fear Festival and, and Haunters Against Hate, all the uh, different haunted houses that I've talked to around the country, they've all said the people are itching to get out. They're wanting to spend the money. They love Halloween, you know, COVID notwithstanding, you know, so a lot of those places were closed for a year, maybe even two, maybe even three but they're back and people are just itching to spend that money, hyperinflation or not, interest rates or not, you know, this is something they don't do year round. It's, they go out yeah. once, maybe twice, maybe three or four times, you know, us haunters like to go out, you know, and see all the haunts, but, you know, average Joe six pack does not go and travel to a lot. So he's willing to spend more money for that one or two nights that he's actually going to a, a haunted attraction. And like you said, if the prices are higher and the numbers are even better this year, you know, hopefully that will, uh, that will be a even more successful season than last year. Absolutely. Yep. So we're definitely, 
keeping our fingers crossed for that. So any, uh, any um, final questions? I know we have to run down because I know that uh, Alex has a, a time conflict here. So any final questions from the hosts? Alex, when do you start collecting information uh, for next year's and how can our listeners participate in the uh, next um, issuing of the uh, industry? I, I, lo- I love hearing that. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Uh, that's a great reminder. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, uh, it's right after this. So I'd say right now, go get a hold of the information, get, get a little appetite for it. Right. Uh, you know, check it out, go to hauntpay.com, just click, get the report. And yeah, you'll have to put in your name and email, but that's about it. It's free. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you'll be on the list. You'll be the first people that, that we, uh, you know, sh- throw an email to as soon as the haunt season ends. So I guess just keep track of your thoughts in the meantime, because we'll probably start this in November-ish timeframe, start, you know, um, surveying people again, and ideally, you know, have something ready by the beginning of the year. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming up at the beginning of the year. I want you guys to have some time off, everybody to have some time off to, to relax, but hopefully you can still fill out a survey. And then when you're ready to jump back into it, we'll have a lot of good info that you can use to hopefully make some informed decisions as you figure out how to grow things next year. Fantastic. And the other great point of that is, you know, this is the time of year and everything, uh, especially for operators and owners out there. This is a great guideline for the questions you need to be asking yourself this season and as you go. And, you know, uh, there are too many uh, owners, operators out there who have your customers and don't ask them a question while they're there. And you, you find out so much, you know. You do your own little surveys. You ask this question from somebody hanging out in a parking lot, you're going to get some insights. So this is a good guide for everybody to review and look at now to get some ideas in their head on what they should be, you know, critiquing in their own. Well, hey, do we get, is there some kind of survey or is there a way to send out um, people who buy our tickets through HauntPay to say, hey, how was your experience? Rate us. Is there a way to do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can certainly uh, ask your your own customers question. We have a lot of cool ways to build into Haunt Pay to where you can actually ask people questions as they're checking out. You can say, how do you hear about us? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite, you know, horror movie? I don't care. Like you can ask them anything you want gather that information right at checkout and you can also gather all their information to to blast out you know questions at the end of the uh uh season too when you're done so i mean i think those are great ideas if you're taking your clientele seriously that's a good way to get inside their head yeah that's nice i gotta check into that well (laughs) I, i was gonna say also alex i'm going to reach out to a couple of promoters i work with and i'm gonna give them your information as far as online ticketing goes, because I know you can beat Eventbrite and Ticket Leap. Awesome. I love hearing that. And, and you know, if you uh, if you have a lot of friends out there, Jim, you know, we we have referral fee and, and partnerships, too. So just let me know. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any final questions? None for me. Well, Alex, it's always a joy to have you on the show to talk about Haunt Pay and the State of the Industry Report. Once again, for people who want to get a, a PDF of this or a downloadable copy of this, what is the easiest way to do it? And of course, to get more information about online ticketing, time ticketing, virtual queues, and pretty much everything going on in the world of Haunt Pay, how can they get that information? 
you, you've heard it a, a zillion times already, but it's hauntpay.com. It's a good one. We've got a cool site up there. You can sign up, uh, you know, for, for HauntPay, but you can also just grab the report. But also you can find us on any social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, no TikTok yet. We don't have a TikTok. We might need to work on that, but at HauntPay on all of those. And you can hit us at info at hauntpay.com or just me personally at alex at hauntpay.com if you're doing the email thing too. We would love to hear from you. And it's not too late to get ticket sales set up for this year. Uh, I believe the and commercial says 30 seconds. So <laughs> the, the onboarding is painless, guys. Nice. <laughs> so once again, folks, hauntpay.com. Check out Alex and his fine staff and they will set you right up. But once again, thank you to Alex Linebrink from Haunt Pay. We can't wait to see what the 2022 season brings to all the haunts out there. No doubt many of them will be answering your survey for next season's State of the Report. We're, uh, we're anxiously looking forward to that and, of course, looking forward to the beginning of haunt season, which is right now, folks. Get out there and support your local haunts. We, of course, want to thank our great hosts for the great questions, including Storm. I like how the survey showed us, you know, the trends like Badger was saying earlier, Halloween keeps coming earlier and earlier. So get on it now. Have your big 4th of July celebration. Have those fireworks light up all your jack-o'-lanterns. That's going to be your jack-o'-lantern lighting is the night of 4th of July. I would actually do that. Mm. <laughs> also want to thank Meat Hook, Jim. Well, that just completely distracted me, and I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> Digital T-shirts. Thanks, Storm. <laughs> we also want to thank Jonna, a.k.a. The Old Crone. Yes, I am excited that The Old Crone is now going into the digital age. Who knows and, what this can transpire to. And, of course, for those up in the Arkansas, Oklahoma area, Missouri where can people get information on Banshee Manor and when's opening night? Oh, BansheeManor.com. Super easy. And if you want to email me about anything or if you want to um, ask me any questions for the old Chrome section, it's scream at BansheeManor.com. It's my email. And our opening night is October 14th through I Halloween. Wonder, I wonder if there was a way you could get tickets in advance. <gasps> I think so. Go to yeah, Hot Pay. Well. <laughs> Wait, we can buy our Banshee Manor tickets right now? Like, yes. Hit pause and go do that immediately. <laughs> yes. Already do that. Awesome. Already done. Next. Love it. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger, and I just wanted to say that I also don't have a drawer full of T-shirts because where the hell am I going to put 250-plus black T-shirts plus a smattering of some other colors? But you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show.
For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And we are just getting started. From flex props to nine foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com Now that's creepy. I buried her in the cellar. God help me, I buried her in the earthen floor of the fruit cellar. Vegas Rhythm Kings. Crazy cadavers on the big scary show. You 
are being stalked by the most savage, carnivorous ground beast in the world. Anyone is fair game for Grizzly. Over 2,000 pounds and 18 feet of gut-crunching, man-eating terror. The deadliest jaws on land belong to Grizzly. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so probably by this point you've seen a graphic or a uh, meme going around saying, yes, this October, October 18th, McDonald's uh, Halloween Happy Meals are back with the pails, woo! And they showed, you know, those classic three silver shamrock design uh, pails, the ghost, the uh, pumpkin, and the witch, you know, with the faces on them, those, those classic pails that many of us grew up with and remember, and everybody's all excited, oh, this is, this is coming here. The, the thing is, you gotta read into the article, you find out every single website is referencing one single other website, Nostalgia Nightmare, as the source for this. So, if you look in it deeper, you find out that, yes, McDonald's is planning to do a Halloween pumpkin pail this year. It's on a corporate calendar, and it's going with drops. But this image isn't an advertisement or anything. I mean, you know, McDonald's really doesn't have to advertise Happy Meals, especially in general. Why spend the money on it when people are just going to buy it anyway? Uh, maybe if there's a kid's cartoon was showing this thing, possibly. But they don't need to advertise like that. As a matter of fact, the only thing you see McDonald's advertising for right now is their app. They really don't advertise their food or anything. They want you to download the app so you have access to it. That's the target market. That's the call to action. You don't take this one out of the advertising book. So, the good news is, they're going to have some sort of Halloween Tail promotion. The bad news is, it probably won't be those classic, you know, uh, Halloween pails that we remember. No, it, it's a good chance it might be the cheaper kind, maybe the kind from 2012. You might not remember them because they're the real thin bucket with Scooby-Doo on them. Yeah, and they were just a bucket. They weren't really shaped like anything and just had, like, Scooby-Doo and Halloween's stuff on them. So not as exciting. You know, hopefully it's the classic ones, but you're probably going to get a Paw Patrol or a Pokemon bucket, to be honest with you. You know, they spent the money on licensing. Now, again, this is a missed opportunity for McDonald's. You know, they're not having trouble selling Happy Meals. But if they really wanted to do something, they could have a nostalgia meal. Because who wants these buckets? And kids, it's, it's a bunch of us. It's haunters and people who love Halloween. And, you know, if you had a nostalgia bucket, it came with like a quarter pounder or a Big Mac or a chicken sandwich and fries and a drink. And in that classic pail we got as a kid, we could drop 15 or $20 on that real easy. And wouldn't even bat an eyelash. So... 
know your target market, see what you're doing with it, and understand that sometimes promotions are there and everything on the internet is a lie. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Perfect. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> in sports, it's called a scrimmage. Military calls it drill. Musicians call it practice, and theater calls it dress rehearsal. Regardless what you call it, don't dismiss the importance of doing it. Rehearsals, family night, VIP night, dry runs, etc. all accomplish the same thing. It's your opportunity to work out any technical kinks. Fine-tune makeup and costumes, and most importantly, make sure your scares work. There's a saying in the performance arts world that the worse the dress rehearsal goes, the better the performance will be. Regardless if that's true or not, if something is going to go wrong and not work right, I'd much rather know it before the paying customer sees it. This is also a great opportunity for your scare actors to get rid of their nervous jitters and find their characters in full makeup and costume. And owners, acting coaches, Observe your crew, especially the newbies. This is the prime coaching period to give advice and suggestions to help them get the most out of their scares. Dress rehearsals are also the perfect time to remind your staff about safety protocols, especially emergency exits. For many of your staff, this might be the first time they see their rooms or their layouts, and it's going to be filled with darkness, props, and special effects. So I like to do a walkthrough with my whole crew with the lights on so they know exactly where the customers will be, where the exits are. Go over anything they need to avoid or be aware of. You want your staff to be comfortable with their surroundings so in case of an emergency, they know exactly where to go and what to do. All of this will make your haunt and your staff better prepared for opening night. Oh yes, and the best part of doing rehearsals is how excited everyone gets. Your scare actors will be chomping at the bit for their first paying victim. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers. Where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're enjoying ourselves in for the moment. 
looking forward about six months or so to February, which is when a great little convention down in the Chattanooga area, conveniently called Connuga, happens. I know a lot of people that have been there and have attended. Always a big show, always a grand time. We got Todd Patton with Con Nuga there. He's been running that show for, oh, about 300 years. How are you doing, Todd? Only 15, only oh, 15. Yeah, so, yeah, that's dog years. Dog you. years, yeah, yeah there you go. But no, no, we're, uh, we're, we finally expanded last year to 185,000 square feet. We cover everything fandom-wise, so even stuff like you see it here at Creepy Con or if you go to Dragon Con, we're basically a baby Dragon Con. You're, you're a, a big pop culture convention, exactly. you know. You, you got the horror aspect, and I know horror vendors that come down and vend with you guys do great jobs. You got the film festival type stuff and all that good. But you, you've got a lot of other stuff, and I can only imagine the number of cosplayers you have. Oh, we have a ton. We have a ton of cosplayers, and, and like I said, it's it's uh, the show's grown over the years, even after... That C word we don't mention, but uh, but no, we have we cover everything. I mean, literally, if you think of it, we've probably covered it. Uh, we're very content heavy between all of our panels and our seminars, and then we also have our late night activity for the adults, which is a lot of fun. We, we like hearing about late night activities. Can you elaborate? Uh, everything from burlesque shows to drag shows to alcohol to <laughs> fun, and in that way, and then. As well as we have a kids' track, so don't be fretting if you have the kids. During the day, they can go do all the kid fun stuff. Then you put them up in the hotel, let Grandma babysit, and you go off and grab a beer and a burlesque show and a drag show after that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a bunch of fun. I, I mean, uh, and we have amazing vendors. Our vendor hall is uh, 55,000 square feet that's full of everything geek and everything scary, everything fun. So, yeah, so definitely come check us out. Any uh, special guests that are approached and uh, that you can announce or just tease us with? Not right now. We're, we're like I said, we're more content-heavy. We're sure. content-heavy, but uh, we, we, uh, we, we will have a couple guests. We had a couple guests that had to cancel last year, which, uh, which we're hoping we get them back. So, you know, it's like one of those. So, yeah, but, uh, but no, definitely check out the website, www.connuga.com, and uh, check it out, and that way you can keep up with us. So what are the dates? I know it's about six months away, but that's never too early to start planning. I know it's sometime in February, but the dates for Connuga in Chattanooga, Tennessee are? Uh, February 17th through the 19th at the Chattanooga Convention Center. And that is right downtown, right on the Tennessee River, right or just off the Tennessee River. Yep. Beautiful part of the state, beautiful area. They do have snow removal in that area, so you don't have to worry about it. I-75 runs pretty much right there. Is it I-24 that comes yep. in from the 24, north? 24, 75, we're right there at the split. So there you go. Uh, yeah, definitely come check us out. And if you want to stay a little longer, Chattanooga is a great tourist hub. Yeah, and you know, see Rock City, see Ruby Falls, all that stuff. I assume they're open in the winter. Oh, yeah, they're open 364 days a year. They're only closed on Christmas Day. I was going to say they're closed for opening night of Connuga, as they should be. They should be, <laughs> but I haven't worked that out yet. Are you still taking vendors if you, you sell a unique product or some kind of pop culture thing? Yes, if you want to check out our website again, just go to the website. You can click on there, and there's a vendor tab that will take you there. We're also... If you're a fan group, want to come check it out, whatever, we have all that there. Or if you're a guest listening to this podcast, reach out to us. We're always loving to get new guests. When do tickets go on sale? Tickets are on sale right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so yeah, you can buy your tickets. So you can buy 
all your three-day passes online right now, and all the single-day passes are bought at the door. Okay, fantastic. Todd Patton, always a pleasure to see you, my friend. Thank you. Con happening the 17th through the 19th of February. There you go, at the Chattanooga, Tennessee Convention Center, right there where 75 and 24 split. And it's always a fun time. Um, go. That's all I can say. Go support a lot of the local cons like this. It's a couple weeks after Trans World this year. It's a couple weeks before, you know, any other things. It's a good time of the year to get rid of the winter blues and go check out a great convention down in Chattanooga. Once again, connuga.com. My name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show.com. Having a great time here at CreepyCon, and we're out. Reverend D. Ray and the Shockers. Zombie Cowboys on the Big Scary Show. Zombie Cowboys! You can see Zombie Cowboys! Across the plains they ride.
My daddy first told me this story about five outlaws on the range Running hard from a posse, hot out of the grange They swore they'd bust hell wide open before they'd spend the night in jail Five outlaws on the run with the law hot on their tail Sheriff almost had the boys outside of Jackson Hole But they busted hell wide open and the devil got their soul He sent them undead cowboys back out to ride the range Together, souls to him out on the desert plain. Zombie cowboys, you can see it in their eyes. Zombie cowboys, just watch them terrorize. Zombie cowboys, they come for your demise. Zombie cowboys. The place they ride. the plains they Yourself, if they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best, Boncaron.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Von Caron Productions, and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and More, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, Check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com and Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.